Hello, and welcome to The Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem, and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. You didn't say either. I know, I tried so hard. My name is Stevie. And my name is Sam. And the score currently stands at 25-23 to Digimon. And this time we are watching episode 49, The Crest of Light and Bulbasaur's Mysterious Garden, which totally isn't a sex ed video set in the world of Pokemon. No admon this time, but we are going to have a little brief discussion about Digimon World Next Order. It's going to be spoiler free, but it's just our, our first impressions because we got it before like America and places. So, and I don't know about Steve, but I've pumped in about 30 hours into the game already because I'm a trash monster. You're a numa sludge. I'm not even joking. Like, I think I played it for an hour earlier and I think my save time was at like 35 hours. And it's been out in like four days. <laughs> yeah, I did have like two days off from work not not specifically for it it was my uh, days off that i have but i basically i only do it like once a year maybe twice no no whenever like, i think the last time i did this was with fallout 4 and to a lesser extent monster hunter but i tend to like when a game comes out i will play it for about eight hours a day maybe more if i really get into it and then uh once i've got to a certain point i'll just like whittle it down to like maybe an hour or two every day because i i am a busy person but i just do tend to block off a set amount of time to just live on this game and i've put in about 13 hours so far i'm still in chapter one i'm still in chapter two it's gonna take a long time to play it to completion i don't know how many chapters there are so what are your first impressions of it my first impressions are that it is good okay i need more elaboration than that it's exactly what i wanted from a spiritual successor to the first digimon game which is just more of the same but improved it definitely feels like they've looked at the first game and gone, what bits do we really enjoy about this? What bits can we improve? Because the first one, it, it's one of my favourite games, but you have to have a manual to play that thing. It's so difficult. Like, you know, like to get certain Digimon, you need to be at a certain place at a certain time for a certain amount of times in a row, or you've got to go and get this one specific item from one area, or you've got to go and uh, fight something, get an item off them, and bring it somewhere else to get an item to bring it to somewhere else. And it's like, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of legwork involved in that. So a guide basically makes it playable. And there are issues with that game. There are real issues. But they've seemed to have taken everything that needed to be improved with the, the last game. And just basically improved it. I'm really glad they've added this whole system where it slowly reveals stats for Digimon that can Digivolve into. So you don't need to look up requirements anymore. That's fantastic. Because in the first one, you basically had to have a pen and paper and write down everything. Like, this goes, is this much in this and this much in this. And if you go off ever so slightly, you will basically become a new Mamon. Yeah, if you don't fulfill any requirements, then you just get the bad Digimon. But at least in this, you get four options and you will evolve into the one that you filled the most requirements for. And normally there's one that's really hard to get to, like a really good one. There's one that like is easier to get to, but it's still like kind of hard to get to one that you'll basically have like entry level and then there's one that like uh, if you mess up in like enough you'll probably get that one they're not always bad though like sometimes the the lowest one is like for one evolution path it's wargram on orange so like you know some some of them even if you mess up you don't really mess up which is good it, it also helps with people who don't want to spend their entire time training and want to go out and, and fight you know they'll get the lower down ones but they're not bad but if you spend your entire time 
training and getting your uh, stats up, you will get ones like uh, Metal Greymon. Are you saying that Metal Greymon's good? I haven't got a Metal Greymon yet. Is he hard to get? Yeah, you need like 28,000 HP. 28,000? Yep, and I can't get that yet. It's a late game Digimon. Yeah, basically. You can still get to War Greymon through different methods. I haven't had a War Greymon yet, though. I was planning to get one with my last evolution, but I ended up with Examon, who was still good, but like it's not a War Greymon. One thing that I don't get that some people have been complaining about is the variety of Digimon, because it feels like there's a million more than there were in the first game. The, the problem with Digimon is there's, you know, 700 plus, and I think in this game there's, what, 200? It's like 220 or something, somewhere around there. And they have filled a lot of slots with, well, not a lot of slots, but there are things like, obviously, Growlmon Orange or Growlmon Orange. It's like, okay, well, we don't need the recolors, really. We just need different ones. Yeah, it's a shame about the re-skins, basically. Geogreymon and Rise Greymon aren't in the game. Shine Greymon is. Not 100% sure how to get to him yet, but uh, I'd like to. <laughs> like my favorite digimon but like there are some which aren't in the game which is upsetting but you know you you're going to have other digimon that you like so maybe play as those instead there was 61 digimon in the original digimon world and it only went up to ultimate yeah so i think complaining that there's not enough digimon when there's like three times more than the original game is a bit cheap or a bit whiny it's not really a spoiler but it's it's a minor like technical spoiler so but what you can do is you un- um, it blocks off evolution path so if you've got four digimon and you can fulfill three of their requirements already and you want to evolve into a certain one you can block the other two off which is super useful if you want to unlock new stages which is something i really want to do at some point i kind of enjoy filling out essentially the digidex or the digi encyclopedia so uh the field guide yeah that's the one field guide so um i'm going to enjoy that it'll be nice gotta digivolve them all I also like having two Digimon. It's really good. One problem with the first game was you could have a Metal Greymon and then it would die when you're on the way to a new place to unlock things. And then you're basically useless until you get them back up to that level again. With this, you're always going to have one that's a higher level than the other, but the the lower level one always gets bonus effects in training, which is quite good. And then you're always going to be able to have the one that's more powerful than the other, but that one can do the most of the fighting and the other one can still fight and hold its own but it's always got the extra support which i think is really good because it it means you can get back into what you were doing a lot quicker still if one of them passes away you get sent back to the city yeah which is annoying but you know it's it's not too far to run to get to new places the city where everything is super expensive training machine upgrades cost ten thousand each and that's for the first level the second level's fifty thousand i think i spent like Two consecutive days just fishing, because the fish are worth like at least 100 bits each. So it's just doing that all day to get money. I've got a better lure now, so I can get higher level ones, which is good. But I only got that today. What I've been doing is, if I've got a lot of time to play the game, I'll play it and just train and whatever, and then advance the story. But if I've got like an hour, I'll go and find Digimon that I haven't recruited yet, and then um, go and just try and do those things. But... Yeah, I managed to get Renamon and Sudramon today. I don't know how to get Renamon. Renamon's just always like, I'm training. You need to give Renamon a Digicarp. Really? Yeah, which you can get from, like, the bridge. How are you supposed to work that out? She says it to you. No, she doesn't. At some point she will. All she's ever said to me is, I'm training, and if you have lots of types of food, it's more likely that they'll eat it, or someone will want it. That's all that she said. <laughs> What happens is, if you aren't far enough in the story, they'll say something like that. But when you get further enough in the story, they basically unlock their recruitment requirements. Oh, that's a bit annoying. It means you can't, like, rush and recruit everybody straight away. It forces you to play the story, which is good, because the story's okay. Well, the story's basically just 
fulfilling objectives at the moment. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I'm liking the game. Any problems with the game? Anything you would change? The grass looks a bit rubbish. It's just like 2D. Also, some of the enemies in areas just are massively overpowered. Yeah, from like one area, it's like you can easily defeat them. The next area, they will destroy you. There's two red Vegemon that constantly kill me, so I can't really go past them without an autopilot to get back. One problem that I have is there's no world map. So to find out where you need to go, it's just a case of guesswork and then just getting used to the path, which is okay. I mean, it adds a level... It adds a level of exploration. Well, I like that. It's the same in the first game, really. But I would like it so that if you did unlock a new area, you know, you, you can go and get... You can even go and purchase maps. So at least you have, like, a, a place so you can go and look at it and go, okay, I've been here, here, and here. Otherwise, it's just guesswork, really, which can be a bit annoying. Or it's just keeping a mental map. I can't do that. Just keep track of, like, okay, I've been down this way and there's nothing else to do. That's what you did in the first game. <laughs> you just wandered around, stumbled across new places and... I had a pen and paper and I was drawing. I was drawing out the map. I wasn't. I was learning everything. I know that first game really well. It's one of my favourites. It's good. I could probably recruit everyone without having to consult a guide anymore. Another good thing about this game is it plays on nostalgia with the music. The music's really good in this. Yeah, the music's great. It gets bonus points for having a good soundtrack, which we could download for free, which was nice. Get it free from the Bamco VIP corner on the website. And then listen to 1 plus 1 equals 10 Digipower. Because that is the best track. I like the boss battle theme because it's like a remake of the, the original but with some added bits in it. Yeah, lots of them are just next order versions of the original soundtrack, which is fair enough. And one final thing, which is the uh, the dimensional box in Digimon's house. You can basically store your Digimon you've raised in VPET and uh, you can battle online with them, which is okay. But at one point, you get to a, a level which is like all the other ones are, are, at your rank are stronger than you. So you can't go any further unless you spend your... It's like you've got to kind of focus on that to get points. I've not done any of the network battling yet. When you get to people around your level in rank, it becomes really hard to win unless you spend a lot of time building up your Digimon to be really powerful specifically for that. But it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. You can change the uh, colours of the V-Pets as well, which is nice. Well, I suppose the best way to win that would be to raise your Digimon so that they have maximum stats that would take an eternity but it is possible with the whole inheritance thing anything else you want to say about this game you can get a patamon and that is all that matters <laughs> i've not had a patamon yet but i want a patamon okay which one which game do you prefer next order or a sun and moon well i've already played next order more than sun and moon so probably next order i'm gonna say next order because we've got so many pokemon games already yeah like you get a new pokemon game every year or two this is the first digimon world game in like 15 years it's changed up the formula but it is essentially still you go and fight gym leaders but they're not called gym leaders but yeah like it's it's uh still the same sort of system but with digimon world it's kind of it's it's like you said we, we haven't had one of these in a while and it's really fun it is pokemon sun and moon are fun as well but i've just not played them yet not to the extent that i probably will when i actually sink time into them cool uh on to the episode the first episode we're watching is Bulbasaur's Mysterious Garden. Bulbasaur doesn't evolve, but does learn Solar Beam instead. So it starts off with them walking through a forest, doesn't it? But it opens with Ash battling someone for once, which is quite nice because it rarely happens. They're either walking somewhere and they see the Pokemon. The only people they seem to battle is Team Rocket at the moment. Like they never like battle random trainers or anything like that it just seems to be we're over here here's a person with a pokemon that can't do a thing then there's team rocket and then they did the thing 
So it's nice to see Ash actually battling for, for a change. And he's battling a Rhyhorn, which is one of my favourite Pokemon, so wins points for that. It's a bit boring and grey, really. It's a good Pokemon. It's a sturdy physical fighter. It's also grey. It's a good design, it's just a bit boring. It's one of the first designs. Rhyhorn and Rhydon were some of the first Pokemon that got through. It's just a stone rhino. So Bulbasaur gets beaten up by Rhyhorn, because apparently Rhyhorn's quite powerful. Even though Bulbasaur is a grass type and should be able to win. Ash tries to recall Bulbasaur, but Bulbasaur's like, no, and refuses, and like avoids the beam that of, of, of the Pokeball. It then uses Razor Leaf and Vine Whip to completely destroy Rhyhorn, which is like, Ash didn't say to use those moves. Bulbasaur was reacting on its own accord, which is cool. So then the guy who owns Rhyhorn goes up to it, and it's super small. I'm pretty sure Rhyhorn's supposed to be a lot bigger than that. I didn't notice anything. For me, it's like, I imagine it was always like the size of a small car, but like a mini. But it, it comes up to like the guy's, lower, lower than the guy's midriff. Yes, sir, uh, like kneel down to talk to it. That's a fine size. I mean, if it was the size of a small car, how big would Rhydon be? Bigger. Be like the size of a tree. Yeah, but I'm talking a mini, not like a, a, a other... A mini is still... The size of a car. Small car. That's why it's called a mini. But Ash is talking to the guy saying how it was a great battle and stuff. And he's just, just left Bulbasaur out there. He hasn't recalled him or anything. Well, why would he? Because the battle's over and they go and congratulate the Pokemon who's suffering instead of uh, going and talking to the guy. But he looks at Bulbasaur and Bulbasaur's like in pain. And it's bulb on its back starts to glow blue, which is uh, a bit terrifying because we've never seen that before. It's not exactly scary. Okay, it's not scary, but it's a bit concerning. It's just like, oh, okay. This is new. Does it normally do this? Is this a thing it does? So he takes it to a Pokemon Center and has it looked at, and it turns out that Bulbasaur is getting ready to evolve. Just because. Just because. But I really like this. Normally what we do is, like, say, with Charmeleon, we had a Charmander, it did a battle, and then it glowed white, and then evolved into Charmeleon out of nowhere. But at least with, like, Bulbasaur, it's, we've got warning signs of it evolving. Well, the warning sign is just glowing. <laughs> yeah, that's still a warning sign. Like, a literal warning sign. They always glow before they evolve. Apart from in the case of Caterpie, because Caterpie is the best, and it's actually special. But even in the games, in the Pokedex entries, sometimes it tells you that, like, a Pokemon will, you know, its skin will start to harden, or it'll shed its skin, or um, it'll go and burrow underground, or something before it evolves. Or it'll gather around with lots of the same species and have some ridiculous festival where they all evolve at the same time, but for no real reason. But it's nice to see that reflected in the in the show because the pokedex entries do tend to say stuff like that and it's kind of interesting so ash asks how long it'll take to evolve and then for some reason nurse joy just goes and looks outside and you can see all the flowers magically starting to bloom and then nurse joy explains that there's this festival of bulbasaur or something where the bulbasaurs all gather around to evolve once a year all the bulbasaur from all over the world migrate here to get ready to evolve and apparently it has something to do with the alignment of the planets and the phases of the moon. I have two problems with this. The first one is, so what I take from this is that a Bulbasaur in Alola will have to migrate over to Kanto to evolve. I'd like to know how it gets there and when it starts to go, because it's not exactly a bird. It can't fly in one direction till it gets there. It's it's a short bullfrog. So how is it going to get over to a different continent, to this one specific garden? It swims. Also, like, another thing, this isn't an up a problem, I just thought of it on the top of my head, is um, if this is all the Bulbasaur in the world, how come there's about 30 of them? Bulbasaur's dying out. 
That's the only explanation. Either way, there's like 30 Bulbasaur there in, in the in the place we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, the second, um, how can you have something to do with the planets since each planet moves around the sun at a different speed? Like one Earth year is not the same as one Neptunian year. Like the phases of the moon I could probably buy, but also not because it's not like the phases of the moon happen once a year. It happens monthly. Well, she says the time of year that it happens changes every year. So maybe that's what's affected by the planets. Because that's not stupid. I don't buy that once a year all the planets align in such a way that it triggers evolution. For this one species of Pokemon that has nothing to do with the planets whatsoever. I can imagine that it happens for all the Pokemon in the Kanto region and it's that it gets to a a part of a season like spring where the weather conditions are just right that Bulbasaur all start to evolve. But I couldn't see it being a thing that happens from around the world because of planets. I just can't see it being a thing. It's just dumb. It's 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 weird, and it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. It's not how evolution works. Just for any Pokemon, it could be natural evolution alongside battle-based evolution. Maybe some Pokemon just evolve like that. Maybe some Pokemon just evolve by gathering around once a year when the planets align and just shouting their names at a tree. They just instinctively know that it is time to evolve. Well, birds instinctively know to migrate, and some animals instinctively hibernate, so maybe. Yeah, but that's like an annual thing. It's not something that changes time of year every year to just a random time. Like I said, it might just be weather conditions. So Nurse Joy says that they go to a place called the Mysterious Garden. People have never seen it because it's so secret, and it's like a private part of Bulbasaur's Bulbasaur's life cycle. Quick question. Yep. How does she know it exists then? Because it's in the script. Did she just ask her Bulbasaur when it came back and was an Ivysaur? Where have you been? Maybe someone's seen it a long time ago or something and they mentioned it. I <laughs> They just mentioned it in passing. It's like, oh yeah, th- those Bulbasaurs. They all went off to this mysterious garden, like, right? It's a mysterious place that humans aren't supposed to go and it's like part of an- a Bulbasaur's natural life cycle. That they've never seen. Yeah, so naturally Ash wants to go and see it. It's a place where humans aren't really supposed to be because it's part of a natural life cycle. It's a delicate balance of the natural order. I want to go look at it. I want to go there. Ashley's like that one tourist who goes to like places that have like sacred ground and just goes there and takes selfies again with like ancient statues or like goes and stands on important monuments just to be like, I'm over here now. And he like, stop it. This is really insensitive. But Bulbasaur hears all this and decides to leave in the night so that Ash can't follow him. <laughs> well, that's because that's the time that this festival happens. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's weird that it happens at night when these plants rely on sunlight. It's almost like it's completely and utterly ridiculous and stupid. It is kind of weird how, like, it, it's a nighttime thing, even though these 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 Pokemon specifically are uh, evolved to deal with sunlight. And as we learn later on, their most powerful attack is sunlight. Got Pokedex entries here that saying exposure to sunlight adds to its strength. Hmm. Although I suppose moonlight is technically sunlight, but not direct sunlight. But Pikachu wakes up in the middle of the night as well and hears Bulbasaur leaving so decides to go and, and follow Bulbasaur and they have a conversation under the moon and I was like Stevie's gonna love this don't you love how they have like a, a 20 second conversation that you can't understand yeah I love Poketalk Poketalk's my favourite part of every episode it's the best bit when it's like 20 minutes of just two Pokemon saying their own name it's like if I just sat here and just went Stevie Stevie Sam Stevie. Sam Sam Stevie Sam Sam, 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 Sam. It's not entertaining. It's not entertaining. So suddenly vines appear out of nowhere and start to drag Bulbasaur away. And it turns out it's a small group of Bulbasaur, which is weird. 
Like, why are the Bulbasaur looking at another Bulbasaur hang- having a conversation and going, no, they need to come to the to the festival as well. Let's just drag them away. There's no need for that. It's that time of year, Sam. Where all the Bulbasaur go from all the land and drag all the other Bulbasaur along with them. Because if they have to go to this stupid festival, you're going as well. Why is it even called a festival? I don't know. There's no festivities. <laughs> so, as Bulbasaur's being taken away, it seems to be that Bulbasaur's shouting to Pikachu because Pikachu's running to catch him but they uh, the other Bulbasaur are using vines to try and knock Pikachu away and it seems like Bulbasaur tells Pikachu to go and get Ash but we can't tell because there's no subtitles. I think that's what Bulbasaur said. So Pikachu runs to tell Ash and wakes him up with an electric shock. Ash asks, asks what's wrong and Pikachu does a really good impression of Bulbasaur which I thought was really cute. It cuts to Team Rocket who are in a forest and it's this, it does that thing where it starts with Team Rocket and Jessie does her laugh that she does. I like her laugh. It's not iconic, though. For me, it is. We've had this conversation, Stevie. They see Bulbasaur taking another Bulbasaur. And they're like, oh, look, some Bulbasaur. We should go and get them. And then the Bulbasaur just vine whip them into the sky and blast them off. So that was a, a short episode with Team Rocket. Yeah, they're there and then they're gone. For now, Ash and Co. are getting close to the Mysterious Garden because Pikachu can smell where Bulbasaur was. And then Team Rocket land there, but we don't see them again for a bit. So they didn't really blast off too far. No, not far at all. Ash and Co. see a wall of vines that are appearing and it's almost like it gets very Sleeping Beauty because the same thing happens in there where she walls off the, the place where Sleeping Beauty's asleep with like just this this maze of, of, of giant thorny vines. It's the same thing. It just happens because this is what nature does when it, it calls lots of creatures to a festival. It sets up its own barriers. But Ash and Co. manage to get in because, of course, they do. They're the, the main characters. They get to go everywhere. Well, they are the main character and Co. They are. And it's just a field with a tree in the middle of it. And there's lots of Bulbasaur, about 30 of them anyway. And they're just singing at a tree. By singing, they're saying their name. Are they singing a bulbaby? Maybe they are. There's a giant tree in the middle of the garden, which is rapidly growing and blooming. And it's like, I think it's a cherry blossom tree or something. But Well, it doesn't even look like a cherry blossom because it's got a giant trunk. And then it's got like a short amount of leaves on the top. And then they're like, yeah, uh, pink and they bloom. And then from inside the tree stomps a Venusaur, which is kind of cool. Because we've not really seen any of the of the starter Pokemon in the wild before. I have questions about where this Venusaur came from, though. <laughs> Why? Well, is there an Ivysaur festival? Maybe. Maybe that's at a different time of year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We must all gather around and become Ivysaur. And then after that, who knows how you become Venusaur. It'll just happen. To one and only one. Is this the only Venusaur, then? Maybe it's the, the, the leader of the herd or something. Thing. But this is every Bulbasaur. Every Bulbasaur in the world. Yeah. That have all managed to migrate for months to get here. I'm so confused. <laughs> I am also confused. How can there be Ivysaur and Venusaur just not attending? It's a festival you think they attend. I think it's very rude of them to not attend. All these Ivysaur from last year should have turned up. Or maybe they're all off at their own Ivysaur festival. Where there's like a mega Venusaur. Yeah, exactly. So Ash sees his Bulbasaur and then tries to shout out for it because he wants to ruin the entire event. Brock stops him and reminds him that they aren't meant to be there and Misty says that she just be quiet and watch the festival happen, which I think was quite good because she's the only one that makes sound logic. She's like, we're not actually supposed to be here. Let's not disturb it in case it causes like massive problems. Like it stops the them ev- evolving mid-evolution and they're just like awful messes. <laughs> and then there's like a couple of seconds of just Venusaur and Bulbasaur screaming their names at each other, which I know you absolutely loved. 
So dumb. <laughs> and then their bulbs start glowing blue. Cuts the Team Rocket, who are outside of the vine, the great big vine wall, and they want to get in. They go at it with axes, but they get chased away by vines, which we didn't need to see. Like, it doesn't improve the story. No, Team Rocket had to be there. Okay, I believe you. Because the pun game has just been on form this entire episode. Like, all three of them have a different tool and have a different pun <laughs> for approaching these vines. It's amazing. Plus, every second that we don't have to watch this Bulbasaur festival with Ash and Co. is just much better. But that's the episode. This is the episode. This is what we have to watch. You know, Sod getting the rest of the badges and and, and fighting the Elite Four. No, 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 no. We've got to watch Bulbasaur not evolve. This is on the way to a gym, though, apparently. For ages. They're actually on their way to a gym. The narrator has specifically said that they are going towards Cinnabar Gym. They've always been on the way to the next gym. No, they've not. There's been no mention of a gym for ages. And now this episode, they're on the way to a gym. Okay, so the Bulbasaur start turning into Ivysaur. And Ash is like, oh my god, I can't believe Bulbasaur is evolving into Ivysaur now. Yay, that's amazing. Let's look at my Bulbasaur. And it's there, like, not wanting to evolve. Why does it not want to evolve? It's pressing B to not evolve. But why? Because it wants to be a Bulbasaur. I don't know. I can't speak Bulbasaur. But why? I don't know. For plot reasons? But why? Because that's why the point of this episode is. Because Ash can't have too many strong Pokemon. Otherwise, he'll win all the time. But why? I don't know. But why? I honestly just want to know why Bulbasaur doesn't want to evolve. It's never explicitly stated why it doesn't want to evolve. It just doesn't. For no reason. <laughs> Actually, they don't even say that Bulbasaur wants to be a Bulbasaur. It just doesn't want to evolve. Just doesn't want to evolve. They never ask Bulbasaur or it's never explained. Just, nah, don't fancy it. This evolving thing is not my cup of tea. But there's uh, a conversation between Venusaur and Bulbasaur, which I know you'll you'll love. Uh, so Venusaur tries to use Vine Whip on Bulbasaur and Ash jumps in the way because that's what Ash does. And he gets slapped on the shoulders. Which is like, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to see Ash... Doesn't really love his Pokemon that much. He's happy to get sliced in half by vines. And he says that if Bulbasaur doesn't want to evolve, it shouldn't have to. And then says, sorry to Bulbasaur. And like, he was so excited about it evolving that he didn't want to think about what Bulbasaur wanted. I'm like, okay, but maybe it's supposed to. Maybe if it doesn't evolve now, it'll just die in like the next week or so. Maybe that's how the life cycle of a Bulbasaur works. You don't know. Maybe it, it needs to evolve now or it'll never evolve. We don't know this. But Ash is just like... No, if it doesn't want to evolve, it shouldn't have to. But maybe the Venusaur's like, actually, this is what it needs to do to, to live. Otherwise, it's going to be really bad for itself. Well, it's Bulbasaur's choice. It's Bulbasaur's choice, and Bulbasaur's allowed to live how Bulbasaur wants to live. And if it wants to live as a Bulbasaur, that's absolutely fine. If it doesn't want to evolve for no reason, then that's fine. <laughs> Stubborn piece of s***. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's mean. So, Team Rocket, fly over, because, you know, a secret garden doesn't have anything over it so team rocket fly over in their balloon and ash says the lie that now they have to prepare for trouble right before they start the motto and then they do the motto and misty's like here we go again <laughs> they're all just so done with team rocket now they, they don't care for team rocket and then Rial's just like get on with it come on and james is like but our fans have come to expect it which is absolutely true it is yeah and they are kind of good pure the best so they whip out a giant hoover which sucks up all the all the Ivysaur, which I don't understand how that works because that's not how how wind works. They've used the whole vacuum approach before. They used it at the water gym. It's one of their basic uh, inventions. Is always just like a giant Hoover. Just suck them up. They suck up all the Ivysaur, not the Venusaur or Ash's Bulbasaur because plot. Venusaur is too big. 
Bulbasaur is too dumb, and Ash and Co are the main characters. But they also add insult to injury by saying Ash's Bulbasaur is dumb. Which is true. <laughs> it is absolutely true. Like They just insult Ash's Bulbasaur. And then the sun starts to conveniently rise, and Bulbasaur starts to use Solar Beam, because it can now learn Solar Beam. And to do Solar Beam, it has to go... I can't do it. And then just fires a beam, which conveniently blasts Team Rocket off and also saves the Ivasaur at the same time, because that's how these episodes go. It's you use the one attack to just get rid of everything and save the day. There's usually a fight. Normally, but this time there wasn't. The battle was at the start. We can't have too many battles in a Pokemon episode. Jeez, calm down. Can't get everybody to be everybody too excited, can we? Just because of, like, actual interesting combat. I mean, Solar Beam did look cool, at least. It was. It was quite cool. Shame he didn't, like, learn it after evolving. I mean, that that would have made sense, actually. So, Venusaur shakes Bulbasaur's hand slash vine and says, like, just thanks for saving everybody who just came from around the world. I don't know these people, but, you know, thanks for it, I guess. And then the vine wall goes down and everybody walks away with all the Ivasaur and the Venusaur all waving goodbye because that's how all the episodes always end now. And then the episode just ends because they leave they're done they don't say oh Bulbasaur how come you don't want to evolve or or like talk about how Bulbasaur is happy being who it is no it's just oh didn't get the evolution well bye then (laughs) not staying here anymore I'm just looking some stuff up as well and Bulbasaur can't naturally learn solar beam oh but actually Bulbasaur can because power of love it can only learn it through technical machines which means that Ash has a hacked Bulbasaur does he does Ivysaur can learn Solar Beam, though. Yeah, maybe it its parents were an Ivysaur that knew it, and it learned it that way. Why didn't it use it before? I don't know, because it's lazy. This episode made me hate Bulbasaur. Any more notes on this episode? I like how the whole episode is about Ash not knowing anything. It's just him constantly going, What's going on? <laughs> I don't know what this is for or why, but here we go. What's wrong with Bulbasaur? I don't know. He's evolving? Why? I don't know. There's a garden? What's going on? Why is Bulbasaur not evolving? I don't know. What moves that? I don't know. What was your favourite thing? Honestly, I think my favourite thing is probably the start of the episode when the narrator says that they're going to a gym. Because I was so happy for that one split second before the episode then proceeded. (laughs) It just wasn't that. My favourite thing was that there's a Rhyhorn and that it's a battle at the start, but now I'm kind of like, I think my favourite thing might be that Bulbasaur learns Solar Beam, even though it's not supposed to. Ash basically hacks Bulbasaur through the power of friendship. Okay, so uh, what were your overall thoughts of this? Initially, I kind of liked it, but now thinking back on it, I don't, because it's so, so stupid, and it ruins Bulbasaur. Every time I see Bulbasaur now, I'm just like, you could have evolved. Why didn't you evolve? (laughs) In future episodes, if there's an, a, a fight where Bulbasaur loses, you're like, you wouldn't lose this if you were an Ivysaur. I can get why Pikachu didn't want to evolve, because Pikachu was like, I want to beat this Raichu without evolving. But Bulbasaur's... The Bulbasaur has no reason. <laughs> it's just like, don't want to. That's it. I, I just don't fancy it. Yeah, it, like, it was filler. And like, it was nice to learn a little bit more about Pokemon's natural life cycle. Even if the ideas behind it are a little bit iffy. It's not a natural life cycle, though. It's a load of made-up nonsense to fill an episode. But I am kind of, like, 
now I am bored of filler. I, I'm tired of it. I just want to get on with the actual plot now because it's been a lot more episodes than I thought it would be. We're almost reaching like 20 episodes since this last badge, so... That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. That's an entire arc of Digimon. You could make this episode so much better just by actually evolving Bulbasaur. Because <laughs> then it would be actual progress. I mean, learning Solar Beam is, is great and all, but he's still not evolved to Pokemon. I think only two of his Pokemon have evolved so far. That's Caterpie. Went up to Bud for you, then left. And then Charmander up to Charizard, which he didn't earn. But he wasn't have earned this evolution either if Bulbasaur just happened to evolve. Why does Ash suck so much? Okay, we're going to talk about Digimon now because you're getting angry. <laughs> the second episode we are watching this time is The Crest of Light. Kari doesn't evolve, but does learn Solar Beam instead. Digimon, Digimon Monsters, Digimon it starts out with Gatomon asking TK how long humans sleep for. And TK says it's anywhere between eight hours to eight years, give or take a minute or two. Is this true? Maybe if you're in a coma. I sleep for like five, six hours a day. So I don't think that's how it works. So where did he get this idea? Oh, anywhere between eight hours and eight years, give or take a minute or so. Why would you say this to a Digimon who doesn't understand humans? They're, they don't know you're joking, TK. Like, also, Gatomon's been in the human world with Kari. So, how could it not know this? It's a cat. But yeah, the episode starts with this bad joke, which is, sets it up in a bad way. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want this bad joke. Why would TK say this? It doesn't make sense for this child to be like that. Where would he get the idea from? When has he ever seen someone sleep for either eight hours or eight years, give or take a minute or two? It's not funny. It's a bad joke and it should start with this. Why are you so upset at this joke? After the last episode where we had them blasted into a hole in the ground, and we don't know if they're going to survive or not, it just cuts to this. This is the next thing we see, which is just, oh, how long do, do kids sleep for? Oh, eight hours or eight years. A lie. She was asking a genuine question, TK. Why would you lie to them? He's not really lying, just exaggerating. <laughs> a lot. Kari wakes up because a drop of water hits her head, and she's sleeping in what looks like a mound of dirt. Like, they buried her a little bit. She died. Yeah, they just full-on, like, buried half of her body in dirt. Just in case. Just in case you didn't make it, you might as well get half the job done. But she immediately wakes up from being, like, blasted into unconsciousness, and she says, to hit the snooze button one more time, please. Another dumb joke. It's like, She's really sick. Why would she say this stuff? I'd expect her to say something like, uh... Yeah, no, instead, it's like she's fully awake and it's like, hit the sleep button one more time, please. It's like, no, Kari, why? Stop this. TK's saying a bad joke. Now Kari's saying a bad joke. You've just woken up from being unconscious for several hours. Yeah, and then she asks how long she was asleep for, and Gatomon says, when she fell asleep, she had nine lives, but now she's down to three. So all of them are just saying bad jokes at each other. All three of them have, like, important questions to ask and information they need, and instead of giving each other the actual answers, they're just saying bad jokes at each other. So I'm already not happy with this episode because it started in a really bad way. I was excited at the prospect of an episode focusing on TK and Kari. They're just, like, full-on firing jokes that are sticking fast in this episode. So, yeah, Patamon, Beamon, and Sora turn up and explain how they all got blasted down into this under-city place. Under the city. Also, Sora has the bottle of medicine that Tai went to get for her, even though Kari's better now, so the entire mission to get her medicine was, like, for nothing. But she should keep it as a reminder of how much her brother cares for her. Ah, that's so sweet and lovely. I'm sure she'll treasure that medicine bottle forever. Yeah, or we'll never see it again, you know. 
But then they're wandering around looking for everybody else, but they hear something and they go and they find lots of Numamon being whipped by a Warmonzamon. I think it's actually a bit of foreshadowing here. It is? It, it's complicated. Sora says basically like to stop and, and listen, which is exactly what she said in the episode with Andromon earlier in the series. And later in this episode, Andromon turns up. Ooh, that's cool. It's really subtle foreshadowing or just coincidence that Sora happened to say like, hey, can you hear that? Or whatever it was. Still, it's good. But yeah, they see Warmonzumon whipping the Numamon. And Warmonzumon goes on like a long just says to everybody how they're being forced to power the city above. Like, it's okay, but, like, War Monzaman knows that, and Numamon knows that, so why is he saying it to them? Because exposition. Because they need to just give us some exposition of why they're there. I'm whipping you because you need to power the city above. I am the bad guy. I'm keeping you prisoner here to fuel the city above. I am a bad person and deserve to be beaten by some sort of children. It's like, mm, we don't need this much stuff. We can just tell that he's evil. We don't need to know why they're down there or what they're doing it for. They, we just know that there was some Numamon being abused to power something or to spin some things. I don't know. Maybe just said, like, get back to work while he's whipping them or something. Get back to work. This city won't power itself. But Kari gets upset because there are some Numamon being abused so she glows white yeah carrie is just like oh no people that aren't me are hurting this makes me sad <laughs> i'm the only one who's allowed to suffer so she uses solar beam and then warmanzaman sees it warmanzaman's amazing he just jumps up after them and goes straight through the wall but the numaman see kari glowing and they start chanting kari's name like calling her queen kari and kari speaks in like an older person's voice saying that she needs to free the numaman and uh, Beermon and Patamon try to evolve, but fails both times because they haven't got enough energy. It's just like, oh, okay. Oh, I guess we're not doing this anymore because the plot demands that we don't. <laughs> Even though, you know, they've had they've had no problem for the last, like, entire time since they first evolved, really. Warmonzamon tries to attack them, but gets its paw stuck in a wall because they need to run away. So they run away from it. Kari's in the room with all the Numamon, which are now just conveniently freaks. It took seconds to free all the Numamon, who are uh, calling her Queen Kari still. TK and Sora run into the room and like land on all the Numamon and, and hear them calling her Queen Kari. Which is weird, by the way. Like, how do they know who Kari is and why are they calling her Queen Kari? And why is she so happy about being Queen of the Numamon? She has the biggest smile on her face. Warmonzamon appears and threatens the Numamon, who start to attack it. Kari glows again and blasts Warmonzamon back with, with the light and everybody has the power to evolve suddenly. So everybody all evolve now. And uh, Hey Digimon starts playing. So we know that the, essentially the fight is over. The good guys have won now. We had a good streak of episodes without Hey Digimon turning up. Yeah, but then we get Hey Digimon and we get lots of stock footage of all the attacks as they uh, boot Warmonzamon away. Kari says her light will guide them towards the others, which is a thing. So Warmonzamon isn't destroyed, but has basically gone, oh, okay, they blasted me. I better leave now. And goes and talks to Machine Drummond on the screen and basically says the same thing, which is, uh, yeah, they blasted me, so I left. But, you know, lol, soz. And then the room explodes because Machine Drummond's blown it up somehow. Magic. And Warmonzamon is totally not dead. Yeah, because you see Warmonzamon's paw as it's like deleting itself. And uh, Warmonzamon says, he shot my paw, which he clearly didn't because you're dead. Because you can't just like take a limb off a Digimon, it dissolve and then be absolutely fine. I mean, Machine Drummond doesn't really have the capacity for small lasers. Yeah, no, subtlety isn't a thing that Machine Drummond can do. Machine Drummond can level a city, but can't like, you know, snipe a single person. 
I mean, granted, if you wanted Machine Demand to kill a single person in a tower, it'll do it, but it'll kill the t- everybody in the tower at the same time, and also the tower, and also the mountains behind the tower. Yeah, it's not going to be able to just remove a paw. It's quite clearly just a dub going, no, he's not dead, there isn't murder in the show, kids. Yeah, no, everybody's fine, they all have tea after. He shot my paw. Cuts to Ty and Izzy after this. They're looking for everybody else, and everyone's tired, and Izzy says that they should all rest, and Ty says that they need to keep going, and Izzy's like... Oh, that's fine. We'll just let our Digimon die then. And then uh, he says, oh, sorry, guys, it's a figure of speech. I'm like, no, it's not. Is that not a, a saying that you use? Maybe like millennials nowadays who just say things like, you know, just kill me now. And like, oh, just the sweet embrace of death. But not back in those days. Just like, oh, I'm so tired. I could just die. <laughs> so then Ty just flips out Izzy. And then he punches Izzy. But he doesn't. It's pretend. No, no, it's all it's all pretend punching. But he hears a Digimon approaching, so they stop. And uh, they're like, oh, we should just pretend that we're still fighting and then go and hide. And say, okay, but all you could just probably just immediately go and hide. So they hide in like a little nook. And then they decide that all oh, their Digimon should evolve because they're in a tiny nook with a fence blocking the exit. So they just get pressed up against the fence until they squeeze out like chunks. Oh, that's the lovely image. Yeah, well, yeah, what else are they going to do? Because they, they try and evolve. And luckily they don't evolve because they would have just immediately killed Ty and Izzy and essentially each other. They do digivolve. They digivolve into Kabu Nevermind and Greyman, 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 yeah, Greyman. <laughs> I love those bits. But then since they don't evolve, Ty says that uh, Izzy should hit him for some reason because they still want to have this, this, this thing happen. And Izzy's like, no, I don't want to do that. But I think what's going on here is that the dub writers can't keep track of whether the first punch was real or not. But Izzy says he doesn't want to hit Ty and then Agumon and Tenderman both are like, I'll do it. Yeah, I want to hit as well. <laughs> oh, so they just clearly don't like Ty. Did you want to just bread for violence? I- I'll-, I'll happily do it. Can I do it? I want to do it. I also want to do it as well. Just out of nowhere, like, Patamon appears. I'll do it as well. <laughs> Devimon and Etamon all appear. Yeah, we, we'll get involved as well. <laughs> Take it in turns just beating up Ty. That's not what happens. No, it's not what happens. Andromon appears, actually. <laughs> it was foreshadowed. I'm telling you, it was foreshadowed. Andromon talks to the kids, saying that he's putting together an army. And he also calls Kari Queen Kari. Well, he's heard about Queen Kari. You mean Queen Kari? She's your sister. At no point does Ty go... Where did you get the term Queen Kari from? Please tell me now, I need this information. What is she queen of? Machine Drummond gets bored of the plot being slow and just bursts through a wall and goes to attack the kids and everybody, but Andromon runs and, and, and defends them. Andromon's story keeps going. Oh, how he's trying to build an army because... Yeah, and he also says, and while I'm here, I'm going to fix that drip because there's been a drip and a puddle and that made me laugh so much. It's one of those jokes that you'd get in like spoofs of things. It was hilarious. Plus, also, in his flashbacks, it looks an awful lot like a Terminator film. He, he is just a Terminator. He is here to save mankind from Machine Drummer. But yeah, so Kari and the others are all, like, on the floor above. So when Machine Drummer bursts in through the wall, it also collapses the ceiling, and they all just float down casually. With the flying Digimon. So there's more stock footage of the Digimon just attacking Machine Drummer, and Machine Drummer just manages to wipe them all out. Machine Drummer's just incredibly tough yeah it is except when you know kari decides oh it's defeated everybody i'm just gonna walk towards machine demon for no reason really angry faced and then uh the numaman appear because they don't want kari to get hurt and they go and fight machine demand who immediately wipes them out because why wouldn't they they are sludge and then kari collapses because she's so upset that the that the numaman got destroyed so basically what happened is kari goes i'm going to sacrifice myself and then the other Digimon go 
no, I'll do it instead. And Carl said, no, I was the one who was supposed to do it. No. No, please, no, don't hurt anybody else. Hurt me, because I'm the tiny child. I have the crest of suffering. So yeah, all the new Momon got killed and Kari collapses and Ogamon's like, oh, suddenly I can just evolve now because plot evolves into uh, War Greymon. And this is where like the episode runs out of time and budget. So they just have War Greymon run at Machine Drummond and run past because that's the fight. That's the entire fight. But while Greymon makes some great sounds. Sounds like he's drunk as he's running up to Machine Drummond. <laughs> it does that thing they do in a lot of movies where they have the two, like the hero and the villain, run at each other and then they slice and then they both stand there and wait to see who took what damage. Did Machine Drummond slice? Coromon got a cut on his head. Somehow. Even though that makes no sense. <laughs> where did War Greymon get cut for that cut to end up on Coromon's head? I don't even think injuries pass down through Digivolutions. No. Oh, well. Everybody's talking for a few seconds and Machine Drummond's like, okay, now I'm going to kill everybody and then start to slide apart. Not before Coromon's just like, no way, because I sliced you like something that you sliced I forgot in the pun of. Yeah, just basically he was like, yeah, slicey pun. And then he just slides away and just dissolves. No more Machine Drummond. Yep, which is really sad. And then... Machine Drummond's zone starts disintegrating and all the kids are just like flying now. Run away! Which begs the question, just fly up to the top. Why can't they fly to the top? It's a long flight. Then make pit stops. It's better than just walking up there. Any more notes on this episode? Okay. I think I've only really got bad things. Okay. It's really bad how they built up Machine Drummond so well just for him to be taken down with one attack. He looked really cool just walking through the ceiling and easily defeating all of the other Digimon. He was awesome! And then they just go, whoop, you're dead. One of my problems is, like, I, I think Machine Drummond's my favourite Dark Master because it's just really cool and it's powerful and it has an army that it uses tactfully. Like, if you look at the last episode where he was sending them all out and doing that stuff, for this to be just one slice and done, it's kind of a letdown. It's just really anticlimactic. Anything else or favourite things? I've got Lots of complaints about Kari. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I feel like 90% of the time, Kari is either unconscious, sick, or possessed by someone who is not Kari. So most of the time, Kari just isn't even a character. <laughs> Kari has no character. We probably know more about the pers- the thing that possesses Kari than we know about Kari. <laughs> She's not good. There was all this build-up about, we need the eighth child, but they didn't need the eighth child. They needed this weird possession thing, <laughs> and Kari's just there as the vessel for it. And Machine Drummond was beaten by the possession thing. The kids didn't really do anything. It was just this weird divine force that gave them the power to defeat it. Yeah, that's kind of, it felt like a cop-out. And being queen of Numeron is weird, and she shouldn't like that. And then she needs to stop being unconscious all the time. <laughs> collapsing and putting herself in immediate danger just so that other people can die for her. Yeah, she just seems to... She has to be unconscious to actually help, because that's how she shares this power, which is not good for character development. Oh, and one final thing. I still really dislike it when Bergeron talks. Why? Because it's weird. In the first episode, Bergeron turns up and she says nothing. It's all just bird sounds. <laughs> and then they just decided, nah, we'll make Bergeron talk. And it's weird. And I don't like it. She's supposed to be a screechy flame bird. <laughs> She still has to talk, or Digimon talk, basically. But then why didn't she in the first episode where she turned up? Because plot, they didn't know how important she was. She's a Digivolution. <laughs> She's going to turn up all the time. I don't know, you're asking me to develop her things, and I don't know. What was your favourite thing? Andromon. I like Andromon a lot. Andromon's really cool. And I also really like the fact that Izzy 
says that Andromon sacrificed himself, but then Andromon survives. Oh, yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to assume that he's going to die anyway. Oh, no, he sacrificed himself or we can get away. No, I'm still okay. Oh, no, he's gone. He's dead. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm still fine. I'm over here. I could use a hand, though. If we don't go now, he would have died in vain. <laughs> I'm still here. I can still make it if you just come and help me, please. I'm also looking forward to seeing this army that is nowhere to be found. I'll talk about that in uh, overall thoughts, but I've got some stuff I want to talk about with that. My favourite thing was like that bit where Agumon and Tentamon failed to evolve because it's just kind of cute. Just because of Kabu Nevermind and Agumon being Greymon, even though he isn't Greymon. I'm Greymon, yeah! Bless him, he's just so hype for a fight. Overall thoughts? I said that it was a very okay episode, which I think means it's like not quite good. It's positive but it's not good it's enjoyable i did enjoy it but i feel like it comes with its own list of problems like machine john's arc is two episodes and i do feel like it should be stretched out a bit more give us more time with andamon and talking and maybe even show us the army that he's raising it would be better if they had andamon's army against machine john's army and had a whole big battle there actually yeah that would be quite good as well but just to have, like, just essentially some Numamon flap at him and then have Wargreymon do the the attack, it's a bit upsetting. Like, it just didn't really feel like enough. And the whole Warmonzamon bit was so not needed as well. I liked Warmonzamon. Yeah, it's cool. Like, I like Warmonzamon because it's, like, a, an evil version of Monzamon, which is nice. I like seeing, like, these reflective versions of things. But he only exists, basically, to give us Numamon and, like, for Kari to use Solibimon, basically. And I do wish it was two episodes because there's a lot in this episode jammed in together and it gave us so little Machine Drummond time. And, like... We're supposed to feel sorry for the Numamon getting killed, but we literally met them in the middle of this episode. And I'm pretty certain all that they said was Queen Kari. They were just mindless slaves. So yeah, maybe give us more time. Like, give us more time with Kari and the Numamon so we can at least get some level of, of emotional connection to them. Instead of just having them killed in the same episode. Yeah, it was all very blasé about saving the Numamon. It was busy and it felt short. They could have done more with it. It was just filled too much with not Kari. With Kari's alter ego. With Kari's solar beam. Now it's time for Monoway Mono, where we'll talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. Mine's anyone other than Bulbasaur. Okay, that's a lot of things. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say none of them. <laughs> Mine's Warmonzomon, because it's quite a cool enemy, because it's something they've met before, but they haven't. It's like a polar opposite of Monzomon, like, which is the Digimon, that one of the first ones that they helped. It turned out to be really nice. And they had a good time, because it like it attacks with hearts and hugs and at the end of the episode when they got rid of the black gear it ended up like playing with them like it put them in the hearts and they were floating around and having a good time that's the last time i saw a monzaemon but now to see this one which is like all ragged looking and evil and it's abusive towards some other digimon it's really cool to see this 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 evil version of of something that they saw and had a good time with that's a good reason i still don't have a monster of the week <laughs> i'm trying to think of all the pokemon and it's just like okay pikachu i'll go with pikachu because of pikachu's impression of bulbasaur no just because pikachu's always the best pikachu was the best bulbasaur pikachu should have evolved i would have made my day if just instead of bulbasaur evolving pikachu did into raichu which one had the best storyline digimon yeah same here it made sense I mean, it was busy and too much happened in one episode, but it wasn't filler. And as I've said, I'm getting so sick of filler now. I just, I need plot progression. Pokemon's just like chasing its own tail and it needs to advance further. Pokemon has characters literally insisting on not improving. The line in the song is, I want to be the very best. And then you have Bulbasaur just like, no, 
I don't want to do that. Any similarities? Bright lights. It's glowing things. And there are also charging monsters. Charging monsters. Raihorn charged and Machine Drum uncharged. I've got that both episodes kind of have large groups of monsters all under the command of a larger monster. Ah, that's an interesting one. The Venusaur is basically telling the Bulbasaur what to do and the Warmonsumon is basically controlling the, the Numamon to spin those cranks to power the city. And I couldn't think of anything else because the plots are so different and they're both at different levels of story. We have no plot versus Digimon. Differences? Pokemon focuses on Bulbasaur. Digimon focuses on Kari. So Digimon focuses on a character and they sort of are the thing that the episode revolves around. Because Kari basically controls almost everything that happens plays a part in almost all of it. You can say that's a similarity then if, if, if both episodes are just focusing on one specific thing. Ah, one's focusing on a character, one's focusing on a species. Well, to escalate from that, or to take from that a little bit, my one difference that I've got is that uh, Pokemon is focusing on like a single Pokemon, which is Bulbasaur. Whilst Digimon is focusing on a lot of teamwork, so it's got like uh, all the kids working together with their Digimon, it's got Numamon all working together, starting out oppressed but ended up revolting even though they ended up dying. We've got Angemon building an army even though we don't see it, we've got him building a team. So like whilst Pokemon's basically just, here's this one Mon, look at this one today, Digimon's like, look at all the teams that we've got and all the people working together to defeat the things. Like, we never see what happens to Machine Drummond's army and I, I, I would absolutely love to see that because for all intents and purposes, they're, they're just gone. They disappeared when the world disappeared. I've got another similarity. Is it both thing, things being ill or unwell? No. It's with both of them just having made-up nonsense that have no real explanation. Oh, you mean like the season thing and then and then the Kari glowing? Yeah, just like there is no explanation for Kari being possessed and there is no explanation for this festival of Bulbasaur's. Which episode did you enjoy the most? And which gets the point? Pokemon. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Digimon because like Pokemon's losing points. I'm actively saying no to Pokemon getting points because it's filler. I can't give Pokemon filler because it just it's not helping the plot. I think if we put these Pokemon episodes up against earlier Digimon episodes, then maybe the Pokemon ones would be winning. But it's just because there's so much happening in Digimon at the moment and we're at like the 11th hour and they've got all of these things to fight and they're building up these armies and they're they're trying and they've got one more thing to defeat to save the world. And Pokemon are like, it's bulbs glowing. Yeah, but the question isn't which one isn't filler. The question is which ones will we enjoy? And despite all of the issues that both of the episodes had, I liked Pokemon more. I really enjoyed it. Team Rocket were great in the episode. Okay, actually, yeah, I like even the first start of the episode, like Digimon bothered me more. I mean, Digimon just kind of happened, I guess. It was just lots of Kari glowing, just like, ooh, I know the way to everyone else now. <laughs> Okay, yeah, okay, I'm going to agree. I think Pokemon should get the point because at least it had some funny bits and it wasn't just, I'm going to get angry at a Machine Drummon and then Numamon die because that's what I do. Digimon did have some funny moments as well. I'm really torn between the two because they're both bad <laughs> in many ways. Sorry, I'm trying to rush this because I'm absolutely starving and I need to go and eat food. Okay. So, what is the score? I don't know. Have we settled on one yet? Did you, uh, Pokemon. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Pokemon. We're settled on Pokemon. Because Digimon was kind of like, a lot of stuff happened and it should have been a bit longer. But Pokemon at least had funny moments. Like, Team Rocket were genuinely funny. Yeah, Digimon had lots of wasted potential. So yeah, Pokemon gets the point. We decided. So the score is... 25-24 to Digimon. I hate both these episodes in different ways. They were both pretty bad. Well, hate is a strong word. I dislike them for different reasons. 
we had problems with these episodes. I did enjoy watching Pokemon. It's just looking back on it. It's so dumb as well. Join us again next time where we will be watching episode 50. The case of the canine capers and Joe's battle. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher, where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr with the war thread and email, which are all linked in the show notes. And there is my Patreon as well, which will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Butterfree, Primeape, almost Pikachu. chapters there are there's two <clears throat> okay so um what are there a two no i'm joking oh what was i gonna say if there's only a... two chapters that'd be a bit if there were two chapters odd. why even introduce the chapter system <laughs> <laughs> how many chapters do you need for it to be worth having chapters uh maybe three four five a sizable amount anyway it's not like chapter one then chapter two <laughs> more than two Actually, um, if you've ever, um, if you watch, um, I think it's called the Graham Norton Show. I can't remember, but um, Jennifer Lawrence is on it with um, Chris Pratt. They're uh, promoting the film they're in, the space film. And she talks about when she was filming the Hunger Games and they were in Hawaii. And there were some um, sacred stones there that the, uh, that the people who live there find like they, they have importance to them. And she says how she was scratching her butt on them. Because they were like, she was like sat on them and scratching her butt, and she just lodges one and it almost hits the sound guy. And you can see Chris Pratt getting angry because he was like, when he was homeless and stuff, he lived in Hawaii for a couple of years. But he's like bawling his fist because he's so angry at her here saying this. That's who Ash is. Ash is Jennifer Lawrence. That is a long story that will be put into the outtakes. <laughs> fine, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But you know, it's worth Googling if you just Google uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt, Graham Norton show. You can just hear her talk about how she sat on some important stones in Hawaii and dislodged one of them because she had an itchy butt. And then and Chris Pratt almost punched her in the face, apparently. <laughs> he gets, well, you could see him, like, getting angry at her and, like, he's full on, like, bawling his fist. Because, like, why is this person doing this? Actually, the way she dumb. talks about it. The way she talks about it as well is so nonchalant. She's like, oh, they're just these stones that are here and you know, you're not supposed to touch them. But I went on them because I'm a celebrity and I can do what I want. You don't understand. I don't follow other people's rules because I'm me. That's Ash. That's basically Ash. He's like, it's a thing that like people shouldn't go to because it's part of a Bulbasaur thing. But I'm going to go there because I want to go and look at it and like shout at the Bulbasaur. What did you like about this episode? We don't do that form anymore. <sighs> <laughs> Do you remember we just used to list things that we liked and then and the episodes like. only took like half an hour? <laughs> yeah. And people were like, we don't know the plot. We haven't watched this episode, so you should tell us what's happening. I can't remember when we started actually talking about the plot. I think it just happened naturally over time because we had more things that we enjoyed about them and we ended up talking about bits of plot and essentially it just grew from there. Please, no, don't hurt anybody else. Hurt me, because I'm the tiny child. I have the crest of suffering. Why is she so sophisticated now? Because she's just, I don't know. Because she's the queen. 
Stop it, Numamon. Stop. No. Nope. Why is she a mighty Granger now? <laughs> Machine Drummond's like, I'll kill you all. And Makari's like, no, stop. Kill me. What and the Numamon's like, no, kill me. <laughs> And then, and then Kara was like, "No," and then collapses because she wanted to be the one that got destroyed. Kari's the one with the death wish. She's just like any opportunity. She wants to just die immediately. You made me want to die. I'm sorry, I had to do that. So it many in my head. It, it happened, and I don't know why. I'm sorry, oh not sorry. God. 